Thanks for joining this episode of the LGBT Outdoors podcast trivia. That's my uh, impression of an air horn. Um, Yeah, anyhow, I'm your host, Patrick Thompson, currently in the form of a tube of chapstick that you keep losing. Where did those things go anyway? Uh, We're here to play a round of trivia. I'm going to ask 10 questions based on five cornerstones, because why have four cornerstones when you can have five? It's a uh, pentagon. Those topics are public lands, LGBTQ history and culture, wildlife, conservation, and recreation with a focus on national parks, because, hey, July is National Parks Month. Before we get to the game, I want to introduce the founder of LGBT Outdoors and my handsome, handsome husband, Justin Yoder. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Glad you're here. And we have a couple super special guests today who are playing with us. Justin is obsessed with this podcast (laughs) called National Park After Dark. I, through plenty of exposure, have also become a massive fan (laughs) It's somewhat unique and really calls for a description from the creators themselves. LGBT Outdoors, please welcome the hosts of the podcast, National Park After Dark, Danielle and Cassie. Welcome. Yay. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having us. That was a wonderful introduction. We're already, we're blushing a little bit. (laughs) I, I can't tell you how I'm excited to have you on our podcast because... I was just on yours on the on June 26th for Pride Month, and thank you for um, allowing us that and blowing up our email and our Instagram and everything. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was quite fun um, and kept us really busy uh, the 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 whole week really. But um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It was great exposure for us for sure, and um, big time. Like I'm always telling our team how much i enjoy your podcast and that it's my favorite podcast so a little little uh surreal moment again to have you on ours for a trivia episode so thank you for joining us thank you for having us and we're so happy that i mean the episode we're so happy you came out to our podcast it went so well and we got so much positive feedback and it's exciting to hear that people found you through our episode as well which is really exciting I'm not even kidding you. I think we have had at least 10 people that have been interested in becoming an ambassador through that, which is a lot that for, is so cool. for a quick turnaround. And we've, that's huge. Our podcast numbers just skyrocketed, our Instagram numbers skyrocketed, just everything. So it was really cool. And you know, one thing that I really loved about it too, going back and looking at the comments on your Instagram that you posted about it was that. As of right now, I haven't noticed one negative comment on there. And a lot of times when brands or other podcasts or whatever that's not LGBTQ related make a comment on Pride Month, like all of a sudden, you know, it brings it brings out the haters. But that just goes to show the community that you've created is incredible and so awesome. So yeah. Bravo to you two. Can you can you tell us a little bit about who each of you are and why and how you started the National Parks After Dark podcast? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm Danielle. And 
Cassie and I met through work when we lived in New Hampshire. We were both veterinary technicians for a long time um, after college. We grew up in the same small towns, like adjacent to one another, and we probably saw each other at a few parties growing up. Sure. Uh, if Yeah, for sure. Maybe a couple drunken field nights uh, in New Hampshire that we don't remember. But we officially met in... Uh, in, at the animal hospital, we worked for several years and we both bonded just not only because we're from the same area, we have a lot of the same interests, but we had a passion for the outdoors. Um, and we spent a lot of our time outside of the animal hospital in the White Mountains. And um, what I particularly have a very morbid sense of curiosity <laughs> that I've had my whole life. And um, I kind of can like attribute that to any sort of interest I have. Um, I just kind of make it a, a macabre twist to it. And um, so when we would hike outdoors and things like that, we would talk about some of the gnarly stuff that had happened there, whether it would be a death, a rescue, an animal attack, what have you. And when we decided to move uh, away from each other into different parts of the country and different um, kind of paths, of life, we continued our friendship in a podcast form, I guess. And um, it's kind of taken hold and a lot of people have now fallen in love with it. And I'm Cassie. I'm the other side of that description. And yeah, I mean, we just both love the outdoors and we wanted to create a space where we could tell stories that may or may not have necessarily been told before. And Danielle's definitely the more morbid side of the podcast. I would say she is interested in that where I am more of, I like happy stories, I would say, and I (laughs) gravitate towards things that are a little bit less morbid. So we found, I think we found a great way to mix the two of them to make it something that's enjoyable and fun and not so dark all the time. Mm-hmm. She's definitely the ray of sunshine in this relationship um, and brightens things up. Otherwise, it would be like a pretty solo depressing podcast. If it was just my own. Um, so she brings a lot of like the yin to my yang. And I think that a lot of people respond well to that. And our biggest hope out of the podcast, once we figured out that this thing was actually taking hold and was not just a side like fun project was that people are so intrigued and wanting to get outdoors more despite us sharing some pretty creepy or uh, dark stories that happen there. And that's all we could have hoped for is for people to become more involved in an outdoor space. That's amazing. Well, I love it. it. It's so much fun to listen to. And uh, it's, like congratulations uh, on everything, uh, Cassie. I have a question for you uh, on sure. your, on your website. It says that you believe in puck wedgies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't oh, know no. what that is, but I want to know if I should believe in them too. <laughs> Let me get you a picture of one so you can see it yourselves. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you need to have like the full picture in order to make an informed decision, I think, on this one. Um, cool. So she's doing you a service. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I will totally post a link um, to some puck wedgie resources in the show notes, <laughs> uh, along with with all the other sources. Uh, <laughs> if you're curious, let me see. I'm but, trying uh, to find. Um... <laughs> like out of all the cryptids, a puck wedgie would totally be Cassie. You know, when someone's like, if you were an animal, who, what would you be? You know, like, uh-huh. what okay. is your animal that, like, have you heard of a quokka before? The, like, world's happiest animal. If you look them up, yes. they're like the smiley little, like, rodents. He would know it if like, he saw the photo of it. Like, they're in, yeah. like, uh, New like Zealand or Australia think, somewhere, or, and they always look yeah. like they're smiling, like a stuffed cartoon animal that... Yeah. yeah, like that's Cassie, oh. and that's like a Pukwudgie in cryptid form. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I love mainly, that. That sounds like, like my people. I mainly pick Pukwudgies because I think that they're so funny and they're cute. They're like these, they're supposedly these like three feet tall little trolls that like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It looks like a hairless cat crossed with a hedgehog. That's, that's a really. It does. That's a really good description. <laughs> but, they just make me kind of happy to look at. But we also aren't sure if moose are real either. So, I mean. We're pretty sure they're not. Pretty sure, yeah. We've done the, the <laughs> research. Done research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> My head is exploding right now. So um, This is awesome. If you're a fan of National Park After Dark, you'll know the inside joke behind that. But, um, but yeah, I've. I've got to get one of those hoodies that say moose aren't real. I think that that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. We laugh about it at least like three times a day just because it's so funny that this is like what our life is now. And <laughs> so many people ask us like, hey, love the podcast, but I'm a little lost at like what that's about. You're like moose and are like, real. <laughs> Honestly, so are we because we I have no idea where this started what happened but it's taken a life on this of its own and it's just funny as hell so it is. <laughs> we and it we going. get frequent uh dms that are like okay I just want to let you know like moose really are real <laughs> and they'll send us photos of them <laughs> and sometimes we'll still go along with it and we're like mm, that kind of looks like photoshop <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here's a video. And I'm like, I love it. I love it so much. Like, (laughs) I, the day I got all caught up on your podcast, which there's what, like 150 some episodes, somewhere around there? 156, I think, are somewhere around there. Yeah, in the 150s. The day I got caught up, Mm -hmm. I was so excited and so bummed at the same time. And now I have to wait each week for them to come out, like everybody else does. It is, but it's so (laughs) good. It's exciting that you listen to all of them, though. That means like a lot to us. Well, I mean, thanks. Yeah, I mean, when I say that you guys are my favorite podcast, I'm not exaggerating. Like, it'd be like National Park After Dark and then LGBT Outdoor Podcast. Wow. Uh, my well, heart. we're honored. We're honored. <laughs> Absolutely. We Justin, you are such a fan. <laughs> I am. He is. I am. <laughs> no, but, but it, here's the thing is like it, he will have these conversations even when he's not in front of Danielle and Cassie. Like that, that this is 100% legit, that this isn't for show. No. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's real. Um, we're going to talk about it more at the end, but where can people listen to your podcast and learn more about you guys? We're everywhere. I mean, any 
platform you listen to podcasts on. We're on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I think we're on iHeartRadio. Pretty much anywhere that you listen, we're there. Okay. And we're on Instagram at National Park After Dark. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Well, ladies, we are glad that you're here uh, to help celebrate National Parks Month through the magical splendor of trivia. (laughs) And so are... (laughs) Uh, our other players who I will now introduce right out of the gate. I want to welcome back the current reigning champion of the LGBT Outdoors podcast trivia, or LOPT for short, <laughs> L-O-P-T. Uh, she's won every single trivia game we've played so far, all two of them. Through her vast knowledge, she has crushed her foes in the trivia arena. She is one of our LGBT Outdoors ambassadors for the state of New Hampshire, and we recently read one of her stories on a Campfire Conversation episode. Really want to welcome to Cherie Belanger. Yay. You know, I just love it. I love hearing my name when you say it. It's just, <laughs> you, you do it so well. That's just oh, really great. So thank excellent. you. Um, interesting that you guys were t- actually talking about um, the podcast and stuff because we actually just got a new member in our New Hampshire LGBT Outdoors Facebook group today because they heard you on the National Park nice. podcast. That's so awesome. yeah, I got a Very I got a DM from her and uh, and she was like, yeah, I didn't even know you guys existed. And then I was listening to my favorite podcast and you know one of your people was on there talking about it. So uh, that's how I found you. And I was like, oh well, that's really amazing. I'll have to let them know. That's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool, cool. Next up, I want to introduce our LGBT Outdoors ambassador for Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's got an abnormally sharp sense of fashion, and it seems <laughs> like he's always out on the water for fishing, kayaking, tubing, rafting, you name it. Joining us for his first round of trivia, a big hip hip hooray for Brody Mesh. Hey, y'all. Glad to be here. Patrick, what is that? How you doing, Brody? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. What does that mean abnormally since? (laughs) 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 So, when we were down in San Antonio visiting uh, Columbia Sportswear and going tubing, like you just, you're just a snappy dresser. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So, it's a compliment. That was, I had to wear my new Columbia gear. Nice. <laughs> awesome. How are you feeling about uh, your first game of trivia? Um, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm an, uh, I'm an outdoorsman. I'm an, I'm, I'm a scientist. So I've got, I think I might have a little heads up on the, um, the wildlife questions. But uh, Sheree, I'm coming for you. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. That has been said before. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Awesome. Well, glad you're here, Brody. Me too. Um, Also joining us for our first game of Lopped, (laughs) our other LGBT Outdoors ambassador from New Hampshire teams up with Cherie to lead and grow our presence in New Hampshire, and they basically like run the entire state. So please welcome to the stage, avid hiker, runner, and outdoor adventurer, Diana Moore. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I think it would be absolutely hysterical if you were to dethrone Marie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think it's possible. She's Ooh, amazing. Okay. She She's is got amazing. a pretty good chance, I would say. I don't know. She's, She's pretty absolutely smart. Absolutely amazing. 
Well, we are so glad that you are here. And last but not least, also entering the trivia arena for his maiden voyage, he's uncomfortably fond of reptiles. His beard (laughs) gives him superpowers to be the LGBT outdoor ambassador for West Columbia, Texas. Welcome to the show, Dustin Larson. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be here. We're glad to have you. Um, You and Justin are representing Texas, so uh, y'all need to to step it up. Um, It's going to be exciting. (laughs) No pressure. I'm just hoping not to be last. That's all I want. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So much faith Um, in me. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Like, I have all all the faith in the world um, that somebody is going to come in last. Um, I have a bad feeling that it's going to be me. <laughs> Cassie, no. Can we just pull all the New Hampshire people's points oh, no. together? We got Whoa. us here. I think New Hampshire should team up. Yeah, I like that idea. Well, no, team New Hampshire. That is crazy Sorry. lopsided. That is Totally unfair. I feel like New Hampshire you is trying to come for four New Hampshire people here. <laughs> right. Well, we, it would be unfair because right. it's all women over here and you guys don't stand a chance. So that's just yeah. Yeah. Y'all True. would crush everybody else, uh, like, hands down. Um, I feel like we should Justin. be able to phone a friend or something if that's the case. <laughs> 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 well, we can see what happens. Um, there is uh, a new thing that we're doing this episode is um, – there is an opportunity for a bonus point with one of the questions. Ooh. So that might make the difference. Uh, on our last episode, I made a mistake. I started at the top of the show saying that there would be a round of 10 questions. In the thrill of being your trivia Sherpa, I flat out skipped question five. So we'll begin with question five, which is now question one. Got it? Good. <laughs> To keep things fair, each player will write down their answers on a dry erase board and only reveal their answers when asked. No phones or Googling, or you'll be strapped into a boat and set adrift inside (laughs) Disney's It's a Small World, where you'll be forced to listen to that oh-so-catchy song on loop for hours upon hours as you stare into the small, soulless eyes of those semi-creepy animatronic children. And now let's do some trivia. (laughs) That was my favorite ride when I was like 10 also. (laughs) Yeah, I now have that song stuck in my head. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, No, I I do like that ride. I'm going to start singing Uh, it if this keeps up. No, please don't. (laughs) I'll join you. It'll get stuck in my head. Um, Sweet. All right. Um, Are you all ready for trivia? Here we go. Let's do this. Question one. This is multiple choice, Uh, and this is on the topic of conservation. About one-third of the U.S. land area is considered to be forest. That's about 819 million acres, 228 billion trees, and 10% of global forests. The question is, which state has the largest percent of land inside their borders as forest coverage? So we're looking f- for the state with the highest percent of forest coverage. Your options are A, New Hampshire, B, Maine, C, 
West Virginia, or D, Vermont? You kept all the choices so close together. Like you could have thrown like Arizona in there or something. I know. The answer will be somewhere up in the Northeast. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Which state has the largest percentage of land inside their borders as forest coverage? A, New Hampshire, B, Maine, C, West Virginia, or D, Vermont? And if y'all want to give me a thumbs up when uh, you're ready, um, Sharia is looking very... uh, Oh, got a thumbs up. Completely a guess. Same. (laughs) That's okay. Oh, no, I know this one. All right. All right. Um, If y'all can show your answers, please. Um. Diana. Maine. Maine. <laughs> Danielle is saying Maine. Brody is saying Maine. Sharia is saying Maine. Cassie's saying New Hampshire. Justin saying West Virginia. Um, Dustin, what did you answer? West Virginia. West Virginia. All right. The correct answer is Maine. You've got uh, a. <laughs> coverage of the state of Maine is forest. Uh, New Hampshire's really not too far behind with 84.32. West Virginia is 79 and Vermont is just shy of 78% forest coverage. I like aside from that's pretty close. I like how you started off a question that helps all of the New Hampshire people. What? Stop right there. Justin, he told you it was going to be in the Northeast, and you were like, oh, I'm going to go with West Virginia. Like, what is that? <laughs> West Virginia is at Northeast? At least no. compared to us here in Texas? It's, it's, it's above it's the North. It's northeast. Northeast. North. That's That's just north. North. <laughs> <laughs> but this question was also written about like two months ago. Um, so, just want to recap. Um, Diana got that right. Danielle got that right. Cassie got that right. And Sheree no, I got, got it wrong. Right. I Cassie said New Hampshire. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Brody um, got it right. Bro- Brody and da, 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 Danielle. Nope. There we go. I'll cut out that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I almost I went some... with New Hampshire on that one too, because the White Mountain National Forest is like twenty five percent of the state all by itself. So oh, I could have sworn awesome. I had heard somewhere like that it was yeah. New Hampshire. So when I heard Maine, I'm like, oh, that state has so much forest. But I'm almost positive I've heard it was New Hampshire before, so that's oh. why I wrote it. Ah, nuts. There's definitely a lot of trees here, but yeah. still really close. Very Aside close. from producing our oh-so-important oxygen, trees clean up carbon dioxide and smog. They help protect land from fires, soil erosion, wind, and flooding. They also give us awesome foods like fruit, cinnamon, maple syrup, and chocolate. So keep an eye on the health of those trees. Awesome. I'm excited about this next question. Are you all ready? Ready. Bring it on. Oh. Sweet. Okay. This is on the topic of public lands. Um, I hope that y'all get this. Um, 
the home of Yogi Bear and his little sidekick, Boo Boo. What is the name of the fictitious national park, which hosted Yogi's picnic basket crime rings and shenanigans with Mr. Ranger, sir? This is I literally really... can't write a single thing because I have no idea. A question? This is this is absolutely is it a question. Multiple choice. It is not multiple choice. Oh man! Re- re- remember back to your childhood. <laughs> what is the name of the fictitious national park where Yogi Bear lived? Okay, can we just define when our childhood childhoods were? Because Cassie and I grew up in the '90s, and I feel like this is before our. <laughs> What are you saying, Danielle? What are you saying? saying? I'm saying like maybe it was like the 80s or Uh, yeah, but no, but they did like a movie. There was a live action movie that they did in like the 90s or early 2000s as well. There was. It was horrible. Remember Yogi the Bear? No, it was very terrible. But oh, was it? Oh yeah, but I mean, if you were a kid, you probably enjoyed it. Wait, is this the? No, I don't even want to ask because you're probably gonna all laugh at me. So never mind. Um, Go ahead. I was gonna say, is this the same? Is what is Bullwinkle like? Is he a? He's a fictional thing? character. He's because moose aren't real, but he's supposed to be a, a moose. <laughs> it's Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Thank you. Okay, that's right. I, was I, I literally have no idea. Pieces. I think you should start introducing us and including our age. No. No. (laughs) Nope. I'm trumping that right now. That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, that would ruin the mystique because nobody ever believes me when I tell them how old I am. Oh, nice. What is the name of the fictitious national park where Yogi Bear and his sidekick Boo Boo had their adventures? Cassie's got a thumbs up. It's a thumbs down because I'm wrong. Yeah, we but, don't know. But I wrote That's something. That's a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Answers, please. I put Yogi Bear National Park, question mark. I like that. Th- that is an what? answer, Cassie. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got Jellystone from Diana. It's Cherie, Jellystone. Jellystone. I remember. Justin no. says Jellystone. I don't have Brody it. says the real version, which is Yellowstone. Um, Dustin, what did you say? Jellystone. Jellystone, sweet. So to recap, we've got Justin, Danielle, Cassie, and Diana with the uh, – oh, and No, I Dustin. did not – I'm yep. not involved. I didn't write down anything. <laughs> okay, thank you, you for your Yogi honesty. Bear that was way National before Park. her time. It was before my time. Well, in all fairness, like the only reason that I got it was because there's a Jellystone Park uh, close to us that has him as the their mascot. So it was a guess, but like to me, that just like kind of made sense. That's an yeah, There's a whole bunch guess. of those campgrounds around Jellystone campgrounds or something. Yeah, they have. Like There's a several. Yogi Bear in there, yeah. But this is actually part of like a really cool story. Um, and believe it or not, this is on the <laughs> National Park Service's website. Um, it says, Yogi Bear, the iconic Hanna-Barbera character, has always been associated with Yellowstone. His home of Jellystone National Park is full of similarities to Yellowstone, such as the iconic Old Faceful geyser of Yellowstone. Although Yogi and Boo Boo were peaceful characters, Yogi schemes to steal picnic baskets 
and other food from visitors to Jellystone were representative of real problems faced by visitors to Yellowstone and other national parks. Uh, hilarious and lovable, Yogi Bear made the perfect choice for a visitor education mascot for Yellowstone. Hanna-Barbera agreed to produce bear education pamphlets and signs for parks' non-commercial use. The park set about writing and creating handouts to give park visitors detailing bear safety measures. So it's very likely that uh, Yogi Bear saved lives in Yellowstone. In the I feel real like world. you just gave us a podcast idea. I know. My Same. light bulbs are going off over here. I'm like, hold You're on. Say welcome. that one more time. I've just got to write that down a little bit more. Well, you, Did Yogi be... Bear do a, a pamphlet on about bear spray not being used like <laughs> Yes. Don't use that spray. Repellent. You just did uh you just did a podcast on um uh smoky. Yeah. So this would go good with that. It Only would. you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> All right. Like I'm going to a child stone park and I still got that answer wrong <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go to one. Um awesome. Sweet. Well, moving on to question three uh, on the topic of LGBTQ history and culture. Uh, This is multiple choice. In 2016, the National Park Service designated an LGBTQ plus historic site to honor the LGBTQ rights movement. Which city is this historic site located in? If you get it right, I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me near which important landmark the plaque is located. So for the to get the question right, you, we want to get the city. Here are your options. A, San Francisco, California. B, Gayville, South Dakota. C, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Or D, Palm Springs, California. This is... A 2016 historic site designated by the National Park Service to honor the LGBTQ rights movement. I'm really curious if anybody's been there to see it. And everybody is kind of staring at me blankly, like, what the crap kind of question is this? And this is how am I supposed to know the city? Can can you repeat the question and the answers are going? Yeah. In 2016, the National Park Service designated an LGBTQ plus historic site to honor the LGBTQ rights movement. Which city is this historic site located in? A, San Francisco, California. B, Gayville, South Dakota. C, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Or D, Palm Springs, California. What are we thinking? Diane, uh, giving thumbs up. Danielle, Cassie, Brody. Hmm. What are we thinking? Justin. I'm, thinking I'm confused because I think I know what you're talking about, but I really don't think it's in any of those cities. What was the bonus? Qu- awesome. Did you say that there's a bonus? Yes. If you get it right and you can tell me what building this plaque is located in front of, I'll give you a bonus point. Oh, Diana starts writing. <laughs> Does she know? I'll be so impressed. 
All right, Dustin, if you want to give me your answer. I said San Francisco. I have no idea, though. Okay, that's a good guess. Um, Everybody else, your answers, please. Uh, Brody says Philadelphia. Cherie says Philadelphia. Cassie's saying San Francisco. Justin's saying San Francisco. Danielle is saying Philadelphia. Diana is also saying Philadelphia. <clears throat> Philadelphia. Diana, put your your thing down real quick. Uh, Philadelphia is the correct answer. Independence um, Hall. Na- <laughs> yes. Diana is correct. The plaque uh, reads... Gay Rights Demonstrations, July 4th, 1965 through 1969. Annual public demonstrations for gay and lesbian equality were held at Independence Hall. These peaceful protests and New York Stonewall riots in 1969 and Pride Parade in 1970 transformed a small national campaign into a civil rights movement. I had an unfair advantage, I admit. I'm actually originally from Philadelphia. Oh, Oh, so you know, like you've actually seen it with your own eyes. That's pretty cool. See, it it comes in handy. Who knows where like these little random nuggets of knowledge will pop up. From city Um, to the wilderness. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Well, we're going to move on to question four on uh, the topic of recreation. Oh, this is fun. Collectively. The national park system has trails through some of the most magnificent parts of the country from remote wilderness paths to interpretive walking tours along city streets. All together, how many miles of hiking and walking trails are there within National Park Service jurisdiction? This is multiple choice, by the way. <laughs> I was going to um, say, this has, this has to be multiple choice. <laughs> so... um We've got A, 18,000 miles, B, 20,000 miles, C, 22,000 miles, or D, 24,000 miles. How many miles of hiking and walking trails are within the U.S. National Park Service jurisdiction? A, 18,000, B, 20,000, C, 22,000, or D, 24,000. Dustin's answer, Justin, thumbs up. Danielle, thumbs up. Everybody, all right, answers, please. We've got 22... um, Diana, is that 22? Okay. Um, We've got 22, 22, 24. Brody coming in 18,000 with the correct answer. Danielle and Cassie, you had me excited. (laughs) Totally guessing. (laughs) They were, they were all so close together that it was hard, that it was hard to, Pick one, really. <laughs> right. I just picked. Yeah. <laughs> um, the longest point-to-point trail entirely within the National Park Service is the North Country Trail, or it will be when the trail is officially complete. 
The planned route will measure 4,600 miles from North Dakota to upstate New York, traveling through the Great Lakes region and highlighting the natural features and culture history of the North Country region. That's a whole bunch, a lot of walking. Yeah, that's longer than the AT. How long is the AT? It's 2,200 miles, I think. Which, I mean, is still like a whole. <laughs> that's like a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of miles. Need Georgia, some. Maine. Wow. That would be awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, next question. Oh, this is a fun one, too. On the topic of wildlife, with a thundering presence in one of the United States' most popular national parks, this breed of mammal has been observed engaging in same-sex activity. More than 50% of mounting in young males of this animal happens among their same gender. So the majority of mounting in young males of this animal happens among their same gender. What animal is it? Is this multiple choice? This is not multiple choice. <laughs> is this in in parks? Is that what you said? This is, this is inside this. one of the United States' most popular national parks. Okay. I'm going to read the question one more time because there's a really big hint in there. With a thundering presence in one of the U.S.'s most popular national parks, this breed of animal has been observed engaging in same-sex activity. More than 50% of mounting in young males of this animal happen among the same gender. What animal is it? Hmm... Got some thinking. Got a couple thumbs up. Justin looks pretty, pretty. No, <laughs> he's shaking his head. He was excited, and then he shakes his head. I wasn't like, excited. I just, I, I have an answer. I have an answer. I feel like Danielle knows <clears throat> just based on her face. I just, it's the only animal that came to mind and I just wrote it down immediately. And that's okay. what I'm sticking to. <laughs> Your face is like, I know. And I'm like, I, I'm not too sure, but like, I feel like it makes sense. You're like, if there's a gay animal in a national park, this is it. <laughs> this, this is, is it. it. <laughs> cool. It's obviously right. a moose. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't there. Yeah, they are there. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, we've got thumbs up from everybody. Answers, please. Oh, we wrote the same thing. I wrote a bison, too. Yay. Justin saying bighorn sheep. Um, Cassie, Cherie, Danielle, and Diana, and Dustin are all saying bison. Brody is saying wolf. The correct answer is bison. Yes, I got one. This is my first point. Welcome <laughs> nice. to the board. What was the clue? Thundering? <laughs> Thundering. Thundering. And to the most one of the biggest national parks. I'm like, it has to be a bison. How do you yeah. get thundering from bison? Their the sound of their uh oh, hooves I was their, thinking of big horned sheep their hitting their horns together was the only thing that I was I was like, that's not really thundering, but I all right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I thought it would be wolves because they always play around like that, but you know, with thundering. Wolves don't thunder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
um, let's see. Yes, bison. Homosexual activity between male bisons is more common than heterosexual copulation. That's because female bisons only mate with bulls once per year. And during mating seasons, bisons get, well, horny and will engage in same-sex activities several times per day. Um, if you want to read all about that, there's a link <laughs> in the show notes. We we definitely want to go read all about that after this. <laughs> because gay bison, I mean, they're out there. They're by a way to. They're bison. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't even try my joke. That one. That one won. Sweet. All right. Um, well. We're gonna. We are halfway through. I'm gonna do a uh, score Ugh. update. Um, Justin and Cassie both have one. Yes. Cherie has oh. four. Danielle is on the board with three. Brody's got three. Dustin's got two, and Diana has five because of her extra point. Diana is out there in the lead. Ooh. Did you say Danielle? I missed how many you said she has. Danielle has three. I have three. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Cassie and so I just wanted to... me and Cassie are like up there. Yeah. Well, Ca- and we come as a team. <laughs> well, as New Hampshire. <laughs> so New Hampshire is totally <laughs> raking it in. Yeah. I'll say that, yeah, New Hampshire is just crushing it. Cassie and I just want to be number one. So, I mean. We're not getting any more points no more. this entire game. <laughs> I just want to say want number, to one. number one. <laughs> You've heard me talk about how awesome LGBT Outdoor Fest is, and now I want to tell you about our home for LGBT Outdoor Fest, Rainbow Ranch. Located in Grosbeck, Texas, just a short drive from Dallas or Austin, and on the edge of Lake Limestone, Rainbow Ranch is the largest LGBTQ plus campground in Texas. They have been named Best Weekend Getaway by the Dallas Voice for nine years. With nearly 700 acres to explore, there's hiking and bike trails, fishing, canoes, sand, volleyball, and even a pool to relax in. Whether you're wanting to camp under the stars or stay in the cabin, the friendly staff at Rainbow Ranch has you covered. They've got primitive campsites, campsites with power and water, large cabins, small cabins, RV spots, an apartment, and even a house that can sleep up to 14 people. We've been out to Rainbow Ranch a handful of times to camp with friends and enjoy some special event weekends, and it's always a great time. For more information on their special events and accommodations, you can make your reservation at rainbowranch.net. So if you're wanting to unplug and recharge or explore and let loose, head on over to Rainbow Ranch. Rolling into the second half of our LGBT Outdoors podcast trivia game, on to question six on the topic of conservation. Percentage-wise, this is multiple choice, percentage-wise, how much of the trash floating in the ocean and littering our seashores is plastic? How much of the trash floating in the oceans and littering our seashores is plastic, percentage-wise? A, 30%, B, 50%, C, 70%, or D, 90%. I know someone that's going to get this one right. 
no There's pressure. A lot Brody. of trash. How much of it is plastic? Oh, Brody should know this. <laughs> I should. I've been a marine biologist for ten years, but I honestly, don't know. <laughs> Get this right, Brody. <laughs> oh no. So, so a. 30% of the trash is plastic, B, 50%, C, 70%, or D, 90%. Okay. All right, Dustin, if you have your answer, go ahead and type it out. All right, we've got some thumbs up. So let's go to the scoreboard. Danielle says 90. Justin says 70. Cherie says 90. Brody says 70. Cassie says 90 and Diana says 70. The correct answer was 90. 90% of the junk in our oceans and waterways is plastic. Let me get you some points real quick. Got Diana, got Danielle, and Cassie. Diana didn't get it. I got another it. point. Good job. What? Diana didn't get it. Oh, you keep man. giving people points. Sheree has now tied Diana for first for first place, so it's all making oh, right I'm now. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Dustin got it. He typed it in ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that was just the hopeful in me that I was hoping that it was less than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> One can hope and work toward that goal. Plastic poses a serious threat to our oceans and waterways. Birds, turtles, fish, and other marine life ingest plastic pieces, mistaking them for fish, eggs, plankton, jellyfish, or other food sources. Every year, hundreds of thousands of sea creatures, both large and small, die from complications related to plastic debris. They may have a stomach full of plastic that they cannot digest, or they become fatally entangled in debris. Harmful chemical pollutants can also attach to plastics and add to the toxicity of plastic debris consumed by animals. Um, risks to human health from mycoplastics in seafood are also currently being assessed. Um, back in the day, um, a couple years ago, when we were doing LGBT Outdoors live streaming during the pandemic, um, Kai Anderson, who's a great friend of LGBT Outdoors, spent some time chatting with Justin about environmentality and explains some of the sad truths about these microplastics. The link to that episode will be in the show notes. Yay. Now it's hard to be like, yay, we're moving on. This is exciting after like some sad, I need to remember not to do sad. After you trivia. destroyed the planet with the question. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I mean, like it, it's important for people to oh, know. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, um, so yeah, keep your, your plastics um, out of the waterways. Okay, this next question, I'm going to start doing, I think, um, a trivia question generated by ChatGPT. And they are 100% crap 100% of the time, but this is question seven on the topic of public lands. (laughs) Mount Rainier, an active stratovolcano, is a prominent feature in which U.S. National Park? (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna read that again mount rainier is an active stratovolcano and a prominent feature sorry is a prominent feature in which u.s national park 
<laughs> Gotta like chat. What? G- chat GPT with yeah. the uh, lowbrow questions. Right, everybody's kind of giggling. We've got quite a few thumbs up. Dustin's got his answer in. All right, answers, please. Dustin, Diana, Danielle, Justin, Cassie, uh, all get it right. It's Mount Rainier National Park. Sure. Um, it was a little on the nose, Cherie and Brody, um, which was probably why it was deceptive. But that was Mount Rainier. Uh, I'm going to get you all your points. And that one I got correct. So that was Justin, Danielle, Cassie, Diana, and Dustin who got those correct. Um, I feel like I'm going to make yeah, a comeback. So my, that, that just gave me like some it. energy. And I'm like, okay. Back in the game. Go get them. Ascending to 14,410 feet above sea level, Mount Rainier stands as an icon in the Washington landscape. An active volcano, Mount Rainier, is the most glaciated peak in the contiguous USA, spawning five major rivers, subalpine wildflower meadow rings, the icy volcano, while ancient forest cloaks Mount Rainier's lower slopes. Wildlife abounds in the park's ecosystems. A lifetime of discovery awaits. Um, that is from uh, very, very like descriptive flowery writing from the National Park Service. Uh, well, they're not that. far off because I lived in the shadow of that national park for several years, and it is hands down, I think, the most beautiful park I've ever been to oh, wow. in the right season. In the right season. What What's the right season? Um. So very like. <laughs> I would say like end of June, early July is when things are like the roads are starting to open, depending on the snowfall and things like that. Wildflower season. There's like a few months in there that you're good to go. Early fall is also awesome. Um, But yeah, the subalpine meadows, wildflower season and just like that enormous glaciated peak is always there. So it makes a really nice contrast to Otherwise, like a lush green greenery, you know, kind of scene. But then it's like huge glacier. It's awesome. That sounds amazing. If you want to learn more about Mount Rainier, there's a link uh, on this question in the show notes. Sweet. We are uh, coming into our last three questions. Uh, We're on question number eight. This is on LGBTQ plus history and culture. Um, A little bit darker. Which country was the first to decriminalize homosexuality. This is multiple choice. Which country was the first to decriminalize homosexuality? A, Australia, B, France, C, USA, or D, Canada? Let's see if there's any history nerds among us. I totally would have gotten this wrong, by the way. Oh no! <laughs> Doesn't give me good luck. <laughs> Doesn't give me as much hope. We got some thumbs up. We got some thinking and deep thought. All right, Dustin has his answer in. Answers, please. Dustin says Canada. Danielle says Canada. Uh, Mine says Diana France. Says- <laughs> if you can't read it. Fr- oh, thank you. 
Um, Diana says Australia. Justin says France. Cassie says France. Cherie says France. Uh, Brody also says Canada. The correct answer is France. Yes. In, and it's really more of kind of like a legal loophole oversight. In 1791, um, let's see, I'll just read it. After, although same-sex sexual activity was a capital crime, believe it or not, that often resulted in the death penalty, um, all sodomy laws were repealed in 1970, sorry, in 1791. The French Revolution decriminalized homosexuality when the penal code of 1791 made no mention of same-sex relations in private. So by accidental omission, it just sort of became um, legal for a while. They went back, but um, let's go to the scoreboard um, because I forget. I know Justin got that. Um, Cherie, can you like wave at me if you got the answer right? Yeah, no, I did. It was France. Right. Got Cherie. I actually have an interesting uh, anecdote for you as well. Oh, sweet. Do tell. So um, I don't know if any of you have ever read The Count of Monte Cristo written by Alexander Dumas, but it came out in the 1830s. And there is actually a lesbian activity in that book. Whoa. I read that in like eighth grade. I don't remember that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the the characters, Eugenie, actually runs off with her girlfriend. Like she's like betrothed and stuff like that. And the marriage falls apart and she takes off with her girlfriend who actually – like cross dresses and pretends to be a boy, but they get caught in like a hotel room or something. And uh, yeah, so they're lesbians and they're in there. And that was written in the 1830s. That is spicy for that time period. France. Yeah. And that age oh, group. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I literally read it in eighth grade, was not part of the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I got it right. The France one. Yay. Uh, Danielle, did you? No. 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 Okay. So moving on to question nine on the topic of recreation. According to research by Statista, name two of the top five most popular outdoor recreation activities in 2021. This is so 2021 in the U.S., name two of the top five most popular outdoor recreational activities in the US. I almost started reading off uh, the, the answers as if it were multiple choice, but I chose not to because that would kind of give it away. Um, lots of quiet and lots of deep thought. Cassie's ready. Justin's ready. Danielle's ready. Um, Dustin's ready. Um We're still thinking Sheree and Brody. All right. We're going to do this one at a time because I have to check the list. We'll start off with Dustin, who says hiking and swimming. Um, Hiking ranked number two on the top five. Swimming, however, is not on the list. Uh, Diana, what was your answer? Walking and cycling. Walking and cycling. Yes. So... um, uh, walking, hiking is number two. Biking um, is number four. Well done. I don't think I would have guessed biking. 
All right, Danielle. I have hiking and mountain biking. How Hiking and biking. That is ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. You get a point. All right, Justin, you're up. He says camping and hiking. Um, camping is on number five or uh, five of the top five. Hiking is number two. So Justin gets a point. All right, Cassie, what say you? I also have hiking and biking. Hiking and biking. Hiking Cassie hiking. gets a point. <laughs> Can I guess number one, though? Because I almost wrote it down, but then I didn't. You can guess. Go ahead. I think fishing is number one. Fishing is actually number three on the list. I was torn oh. between doing fishing and hiking, actually. Um, Let's see what Shree said. I need to know what number one is at the end of this. Camping and hiking. Shree gets a point. Nice. And Brody, you're up. I have camping and I mean hiking and paddleboarding. Uh, I just feel like there's a big explosion around that time for paddleboards. That is a great guess, and I don't think you'll be too far off in the future. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! <clears throat> in the future, um, we'll, we'll we'll start with number five, which is uh, car, backyard, or RV camping with. 45.9 million people doing that in 2021. Um, number four is biking or cycling with 51.4 million. Number three is fishing coming in at 52.4 million. Number two is hiking with 58.7 million. And the number one recreational outdoor activity in 2021 is running, jogging, or trail running with 64. 5 million people doing it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I almost went with that too. <laughs> that's a whole lot of running, which is awesome. I was not one of those. <laughs> yeah. People. No <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised by that one. I wasn't expecting that. Sometimes when I see a trail runner, I'll start pretending I'm running until they like, pass me. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, awesome. I run too, actually. That's a good self-esteem boost. You're like in your hiking <laughs> boots trying to run. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just, this is my day off. I'm just slight jogged today. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Love it. <laughs> All right, we're coming up to the final question of the round. Um, we'll do a scoreboard update. Um, Justin on the board with four. Cherie has six. Danielle up there tied with six or t- um, with six points. Ooh. Cassie's got five. Brody has three. Diana uh, is eking out a lead with seven. Actually, if I can, because I hate to be a, a sticker. Oh, no, no, no. If I miss something. I have seven. Come on. I have seven. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, so sure. my answers were, and just so that you know, I'm not cheating. So Maine was the answer to the first question. <laughs> Jellystone was the answer to the second question. Philadelphia was the answer to the third question. Diana got the bonus point for that one. I did miss the fourth question. Uh, bison was question number five. Uh, the plastic question number six, 90%, was that I missed uh, the Rainier one. And then it was France was uh, question number seven. And no, or 
that was eight. And then camping and hiking was the last one. So that's seven points, my friend. That is, I need to go back to school and uh, learn how to count. But Cherie kept the receipts and um, <laughs> showed me. Um, Danielle, no so pressure sweet. here. Like, I think you're the, wait, Diana, what are you at? We're tied. Di- Diana and Cherie. Oh, both have seven. New yeah. Hampshire is an well, absolute powerhouse, y'all. Danielle's still and in, though, technically. And count us all together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally Mm, nice Um, fight cassie awesome so um yeah that's where we stand going into the last question um and i'm excited about this question too um i do have i have a question is there any more bonus point opportunities or is this it there was only one all right okay that's all i need to know but if one of them miss it and you get it right yeah, what well, if then? both of them miss we'll, it and we'll, you get it right, then there'd then be we'll a tiebreaker. Tie well, that the odds of that are low. So <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> There's that the possi- confidence I've been looking it's for. Possible. It's possible. <laughs> I do have a trivia deck if we need an extra bonus question at the end. Oh, yeah? And I'm not in the running. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. Competition's <laughs> getting real. I, right. Yeah. I was going to have you start writing all the questions. <laughs> um, question number 10 on the topic of wildlife. <laughs> what animal is the largest of all the deer species? Oh, my God. <laughs> And th- this is awesome on so many levels. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Wh- Shut up. What animal is the largest deer species? This is multiple choice. Oh, it doesn't no. have. Okay, I don't no, think. it's no multiple choice. No. No. I don't no. think any of us need it. I think. I need to phone a friend. <laughs> Brody, you know this. <laughs> I didn't know this. I found this fascinating, but it seems like everybody else knows this. I know Dustin knows this. I know Justin's going to know this. Um, all right. Just show me your answers, please. Everybody. <laughs> Rangers, Diana. Moose. Moose. Everybody gets it right. Like, when y'all were talking about most not existing, I was like trying to keep my crap together. Well, that's what I was like. The show question is coming up. <laughs> like literally half of this show is from New Hampshire, where like the moose is like. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But, thanks, Patrick. But it's a breed of deer. Like yeah. I had n- yes. no idea. That's that's wild. I'm going to read a fact about it Literally. because <laughs> it's, <wild>. it's fascinating. <laughs> um, cervids uh, are one of the most common wild herbivores of the world. Of these, moose can grow up to 2.33 meters tall and weigh as much as uh, 1,800 pounds. The smallest of them is the northern pudu, which can stand just at 13 to 14 inches and weigh anywhere from 17 to 13 pounds. But a moose, if they exist, are part of the deer families. It's a big (laughs) if. And for something we're not sure about, we really know a lot about it. We're certainly passionate about it. (laughs) We are, yeah. We're being prepared just in case that they are real. 
Right. So along the lines of Sasquatch. (laughs) If we start getting a lot of DMs about moose are real, um, people (laughs) get upset. You know what you've set up for is that when you bring LGBT Outdoor Fest to New Hampshire, there's probably going to be a moose that's going to walk right by us. That would be awesome. And I hope that I could be there for that because I have never seen a moose in New England ever. Oh, really? I have tried and I have never seen one. And I think that's where this whole stemmed from is <laughs> that statement right there. Yeah, I was like, I've never seen one. They're not real. And everyone was like, moose aren't real. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> moose aren't real. Have you seen a moose <laughs> at all or just not in? Yeah. Uh, I, maybe. I if lived they in are Jackson, real. Wyoming, and I allegedly saw some when I was there. Okay. But never in New England. I've never seen one. I don't think they exist. <laughs> you ever right. never seen one in Louisiana? Yeah. No, it's kind of that whole like oh i've got a boyfriend but he lives in canada sort of scenario like mm. (laughs) george glass well for us that's not unfathomable (laughs) that is true down in texas yeah well um We've got our two fantastic New Hampshire LGBT Outdoors ambassadors in a deadlock going horn to horn. Um, So let's wrap it up with um, the tiebreaker. Um, Everyone is welcome to play along, uh, but Diana and Cherie are the only one whose points will count. Um, We're looking for a number. Whoever is closest to the number wins. Okay. <laughs> How many individual sites are managed by the National Park Service? This is more than national parks, reserves, preserves, battlefields, etc. This is everything, every individual site that they take care of in their jurisdiction. Oh, man, I know this, but I don't remember it. I wrote a number down. I wrote a number down, I- too. We'll if see. you listen to no, LGBT I- Outdoors podcast two weeks or uh, two episodes ago, give so many clues. I don't know if I should show my answer, even though I'm not involved in this tiebreaker, because I feel like this You're is right. Cassie and I should know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't- All right. So you definitely I'm just stay silent because I know it, and my point doesn't count. You both right, definitely right, right, need right. to share. I quote unquote, know it. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we've got. Diana and Cherie. Diana, can you read your number? 120. 120. Cherie says 225. The correct answer. Wait, can the rest of us show our answers? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Justin is saying 497. Justin is saying 435. (sighs) Um, Danielle is saying 423. Cassie, do you, do you have an answer? Or oh, are you? I was just, I put a random, I put 450. 450? Yeah. All right. The correct answer, uh, Danielle was definitely closest. Uh, the National Park Services manages 424. I believe they've recently added one, Danielle. Um, well, there we are. It, <laughs> individual units covering more than 85 million acres in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and U.S. territories. But that being said, Cherie was once again closest and continues her stranglehold on 
the title. I can of test. LGBT that was an outdoors. unfair question. Just a random number. <laughs> test our knowledge on facts. If you would have listened to our podcast, <laughs> that is technically a fact. Um, she wasn't I even near listen. that number. <laughs> Everybody else was closer. I did listen to the podcast. <laughs> to be fair. Well, I didn't get it right, but I was I was pretty close. <laughs> Most of y'all got pretty much in the ballpark, um, which is really impressive. Like the bottom line is that National Park Service is a massive undertaking, and we want to celebrate that uh, all month long with National Parks Month. Um, so yeah, want to thank everybody uh, for joining our. Our, our our thing, our lopped, our trivia adventure today, uh, Justin, Danielle, Cassie, Cherie, Brody, Diana, and Dustin. They're not only wicked smart, but they're also each doing incredibly wonderful things to make the outdoors a more inclusive and diverse space. And I think that that's pretty freaking amazing. If you have a cool trivia question you'd like to ask, or if you have any thoughts to share with us regarding this episode, email me at patrick at lgbtoutdoors.com. Be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash lgbtoutdoors to support our mission of connecting the LGBTQ plus community to the outdoors and to each other. Be absolutely certain to go and check out Cassie and Danielle's podcast, National Park After Dark. It's awesome. And you can go see their website at npadpodcast.com. Um, all of their links will be in the show notes. Uh, as well as all the source and more information on the trivia questions, as well as the Instagram accounts of all of our players. To learn more about the LGBT Outdoors as an organization, visit our website at lgbtoutdoors.com. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this trivia episode, like, share, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Um, to our players, to Cassie and Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. Y'all are awesome. Keep it up and congrats on all of your success. Um, Cherie, congrats on a third big win. We owe you like three t-shirts now. I haven't forgotten. We're just really, really bad at keeping up with that stuff. Um, no, it's fine. I would like to point out that I'm not as dominant, really, because two of my three wins have been tiebreakers. But you're still winning. Because remember, I almost gifted JC. Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. But I'm just saying, it's not like I'm dominating or anything. But you are. But you are. So thank you, everybody, so much um, for checking out the LGBT Outdoors podcast. Until next time... Get, Get out, out there. there.